try my best to uh, to be uh, to be obedient to the Lord and to share with you what the Lord's put on my heart. When you have these kind of meetings, you really try to get in tune and, and figure out what God would have. And uh, this right here is all I've got tonight. Maybe <clears throat> maybe it'll help you. Out of the book of Luke in chapter number 10. When you find your place, let's stand as you read the word of the Lord out of Luke in chapter number 10. And uh, begin reading in verse number 30. Now these verses that I'm about to read are as current as any newspaper uh, that you're going to read. You're going to find crime. You will find racial prejudice. You'll find uh, violence, indifference. Many of the social problems and issues that we confront in America today can be found in this text about the story of Jesus uh, and this good Samaritan. And this may be one of the most familiar stories ever told by the Lord, and uh, many have adopted the attitude of the Good Samaritan. Uh, these are, in all probability, a lot of our hospitals today got the idea of becoming a hospital because of the text that I'm about to read it out of Luke in chapter number 10. Begin reading in verse number 30. The Bible said, And Jesus answered, uh, answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance there came down a certain priest that, uh, that, that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise the Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Then, then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Thank you. You can be seated. I do appreciate you standing. So here in the text you have this lawyer, uh, a man of no doubt very intelligent here, is asking a question uh, that most 12-year-olds can answer, and that he's just simply asking him, who is my neighbor? And what he's doing here uh, is trying to justify himself. The Bible said that plainly. But I want to look and see at this good Samaritan out of Luke in chapter number 10. And I want to preach a little bit tonight on watching for the wounded. Watching out for the wounded. There are a lot of people that are hurting in America today. And it's amazing to me the stories and the accounts that you and I will hear amongst people that we run into every day. Stories that Hollywood could not make up. Uh, stories that there would be no way that we can even fathom in our minds. There's probably problems in this tent that you don't know, you, you, me and you don't have any awareness of what an individual is going through, how they're hurting, how they're wounded. I found this out in 26 years of preaching. You never know who you're preaching to, and you never know how somebody could be hurting, and you never know the words that you may say might, may pull them through. And I want to say tonight that thank God Jesus Christ can take care of whatever problem is going on in your life. Jesus came. One of the things that he came to do is to heal up the brokenhearted. And that's what he does in every individual's life that he comes in contact with. If you'll allow him, he can help you. 
But what he said in the text, he said, go and do that likewise. Now listen, people are hurting, and we know Jesus can fix that problem like nobody else can. But I ask you a question. How long has it been since you just picked somebody out and said, you know what? That person right there is having a bad time. They can't pay their bills or they can't buy groceries. and They're having a tough time. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what Jesus would do. I'm going to go and I'm going to try to bind up their wounds. I'm going to try to help them. I'm going to try to sacrifice a little bit. Because part of our problem, what we've got into in America today, it's all about us. It's all about me. It's all about what can I get out of it. I tell you, part of our problem in America today is we're suffering from idolatry, amen? Because I don't like it. I didn't get my way. I'm the head knocker right here. I'm the head hog at the trough. Everybody's got to pay attention to me. It, and it's get into the churches. Everybody, somebody don't get their way. They get upset. They get mad at the preacher. And they go to kicking the floorboard on the way home, running down because I did not get my way. That is as far away from Christianity as you can get, everything Jesus did, he did for somebody else. And the sacrifices he made, he made for somebody else. And thank God for that. Amen? All right. So let's look at this first of all. Look at this path of a certain man. The Bible said in verse number 30, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down. Now this right here in this text, what we've got to realize is this was somebody's son. Could have been somebody's dad. Dad, maybe somebody's brother. Maybe somebody's uh, individual that was very dear to them and their family. These individuals that we pass by every day, the ones that you pass at work or the ones that you might pass by at the grocery store, at the gas station, or a place of business. Those people that you see that don't look like us and they don't act like us and they don't dress like us and they don't have the things that we have. The people that we look at and say, boy, I tell you what, I sure am glad I'm not that guy right there. Let me say this, without the grace of God, me and you would be outside. We'd be sleeping in the cold tonight. I, people complain about it. I thank God tonight for a tent with some heat, amen, because most of us ought to be in a dumpster somewhere getting our next meal from there. Here we are tonight under a nice place with nice people. There's a lot of people that does not have that in America today. And we need to take, uh, don't, don't take for granted what God has done uh, for you and I. But what it is is we say, well, that old boy right there, I wouldn't let that old boy come to church. I wouldn't let that, I wouldn't help that old boy. The reason you wouldn't help and the reason that I wouldn't help that old boy is because he's not my boy. If he was your boy, you would want somebody to reach out to him. If it was my boy, I would want somebody to help him if he was wounded. So is a certain individual. But I want to say this. It's not just that guy or that woman or that harlot or that drunkard. That's somebody's boy and that's somebody's kinfolk that the Lord loves. The path of the certain man. It was a downward path. The Bible said this, and he, and he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, Jerusalem was a place of peace. Jericho was a place that was under a curse. And let me say this, it's always a downward path. When you leave where you can have peace and you can leave where people love you, it's always a downward path when you leave a place where you can find God to go to a place where God is not. Let me say this tonight. Thank God for the church and thank God for the people of God. People say, well, you know, I don't like them hypocrites down at the church. I say I'd rather go to church with a couple of hypocrites than I would die and go to hell with all of them, amen. Thank God for the church and thank God for the people of the church. Uh, but listen, this man was got away from church. He got out of the will of God, if you will, and he went down. It's always a downward path. But not only that, it's a dangerous path. The Bible said he went down from Jericho, and the Bible said this, and he fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed. 
departed, leaving him half dead. Now here's this dangerous path, this road that this individual on is on. It's said to be about 20 miles, and it's very rocky, and it was a very tumultuous uh, 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 terrain, if you will, a very narrow, and it had a lot of sudden turns in it. And so these thieves in the text, they knew exactly where to hide. They knew exactly how to conceal themselves and then take this guy that was unsuspecting, maybe got on the wrong path, maybe went down the wrong road. Let me say this tonight. There's probably a lot of us, without the grace of God, we'd have got on, a, we'd got on the wrong road. Thank God that God can get you back on the right road. But there's a lot of wounded people that have simply got on the wrong way and they've got on the wrong path and they need somebody to watch out for them. Because he was on this dangerous path. It's a perfect place for him to be held up. It's a perfect place for for, uh, travelers to be going down through there and immediately be pounced on. Because see, these thieves, they knew how to hide. Now I'm going to say this tonight. I don't believe there's a booger behind every bush, okay? Y'all country folk, I can tell by looking. You know what I mean by that. 1 Peter 5, 8 said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil has a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. And what I mean by that is that we say, well, there's not a booger behind every bush. Let me say this, in 2023, pretty much there is. I mean, pretty much there is right now. God, you can't even watch a cartoon. You can't even watch anything on television anymore because it has all kind of undertones and ungodliness and wickedness and vileness. And let me say this, that is not right and that's not good. But I'm going to say this tonight. There's a lot of people that have made excuses. They say, well, and let me say this. If you, if you go and trick-or-treat tomorrow night, shame on you, amen. And if you take your grandkids there, if you take your kids there, shame on you. Amen. Amen. That went over like I thought it about would. Amen. You say you say that's your church? Yeah, I say it my church. And it went over there about like it went over right then. Amen. But it's still right. It's still right. You know, we, we're, we're, we're expecting our children to turn out and we turn them loose with an iPhone and we say, y'all behave now and, and turn them loose with a flicker there with a the television and, and we're pumping Hollywood in there all the time and say, now y'all be careful and y'all don't watch nothing that you ain't supposed to be watching. Y'all don't be doing nothing that you're not supposed to be doing. I ask you a question, what was you doing when you was 15, 16 years old, Amen. I mean, that's exactly right. And so we've got to be careful. We don't want to equip our young people uh, to go down in a place where they don't need to go to. Because, friend, this world is a dark place. You think we'd ever be celebrating some of the things that are going to be celebrated tomorrow? And, and I mean, I'm talking about macabre things. I'm talking about death and, and ungodliness and wickedness. Hey, listen, if you've, got, if you've got something in your house, if you've got twilight in your house, I've heard people say, well, now, oh, Brother Randy, you sure? you ain't against the twilight don't you understand you know why they're good vampires amen and bring that in our head and wonder why your kids can't sleep wonder why your grandbabies can't sleep because you bring that in there and it's darkness and it's ungodly and it's wicked and it's vile amen and you're going to take them down a dangerous path that they have no business going in hey now you can't even hardly go to the grocery store you got nakedness everywhere and you got ungodliness you can't even send them to the to the mailbox hardly anymore I'm telling you friend and I'm not listen you say well you're sticking the mud or whatever or you say well you're a nut well if I am I'm fastened to the right boat hey Listen, I believe this, friend. I believe we need to do everything that we can do to protect our young people. We need to do everything that we can do to keep people from being wounded. But the truth is you can do everything in your power. People are still going to make a choice. You know what happened in this text? This fellow made a bad choice. 
Don't raise your hand tonight. How many of us have made a bad choice? How many of us can look back and say, I wished I had not? I'm talking about after you've been saved. There's been times in my life where I'm like, why in the world did I do that? But thank God for the grace of God that will help us and bail us out. Here, and I'll get there in just a second. But it's a degrading path. The Bible said he stripped him. He stripped him. That means once he, what, one thing he used to have, he don't have it anymore. What he once had has been taken away by somebody else. That's where we are today in a country. Hey, it's amazing to me that people still try to say, well, you know, preacher, don't you understand? It's all right to have a drink every now and then. My nerves get bad. It's all right to uh, get you a little drink every now and then. It's all right to have you a little nip every now and then. It's all right to have you a glass of wine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Surely you don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm going to say this tonight, friend. There's not a drunkard on Skid Row in Atlanta, Georgia, or anywhere else that ever tended and said, well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start this one drink because I'm going to end up being a drunkard somewhere living in the ditch. It starts with one drink. That's exactly the way it is with pornography. That's the way it is with everything else. It starts out with one look, one drink, and it always ends up the same. It ends up a degrading path. They stripped him there. That means everything he had is gone. When the Bible said they wounded it here, they means that it means they heavily afflicted him. That means they put it on him. That means they defiled him. They attempted to destroy him. They wanted to kill him. Let me say this tonight, friend. The devil wants to take our lives. He won't, He. This is not a game to him. I think we would probably get a whole lot more serious about And listen, I like a good joke. I like to have a good time. I really am a pretty nice fella if I can get out behind this pulpit. I really am. But I think we'd serious up. I think we would get serious about serving God if we realized how many lives could be changed just simply because we care. How many lives could be changed when we, hey, going to church and all those things, they're good and that's wonderful. But friend, God didn't put us down here just to sit on the pew Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. God sent us down here to make a difference. God sent us down there. You say, well, I can't make a difference. You can make a difference in somebody's life. If you couldn't make a difference in somebody's life, you'd done be gone. God done took you to heaven. God has left us here because there are people who are wounded. Folks complain. They say, well, I, I sure do wish I'd lived back in Billy Sunday's day. Or I, I sure do wish I'd lived back in that day. I'm like, I do not want to live back in Billy Sunday's day or any of those days like that. Didn't have no air conditioner. Didn't have Keurig coffee. It's pretty chilly. <laughs> but didn't have no air conditioner. Didn't have no Keurig coffee maker. I mean, listen, why in the world would we want to live back then? Thank God God saved us, put us on planet Earth to serve God in 2023. Amen. What a thrill it is to be saved. I've been saved 26 years. Praise God, I'm still excited about being saved. Hallelujah. Everybody, it ain't going to hurt you to get a little bit excited. It's not going to hurt you. If it ever dawns on us, listen, where we ought to be tonight, if it ever got, got a hold of us, I tell you, we wouldn't need Brother Decker up here trying to pump us up and be a cheerleader. Praise God, we'd have a little bit of life about us. And I know everything in church ought to be done decently and in order, but not dead with an odor, amen. Man, I'm talking about some fervency, friend. I'm in right out, right up, right down, right happy all the time. Boy, I'm glad I'm saved. God's good. That's the best thing ever happened to me in my life. Amen. I'm just telling you, friend, these folks out there that are wounded, they're degraded, 
But I, I'm glad tonight that I, hey, listen, you think I look bad tonight? You ought to see me when the Lord got a hold of me. You think about folks that you know. You think about folks that maybe you went to school with. And you see them out on the street. And after 25 years of not seeing them, what sin has done. I mean, I'm talking about the guy that was the quarterback. I'm talking about the, the, the lady that was the, the young lady that was the homecoming queen. Now you see them, their teeth rotted out. They've lost 50 pounds. I mean, listen, got sores all over their body. I mean, listen, cheekbones busted, looking rough. I mean, half an ear gone. That's what sin will do. We need to understand how serious that is. How people are wounded out there by sin, and if we don't watch it, sin is going to wound me and you. Amen? People say, well, I want to know what sin's like. Young people, we got, we got a handful of young people in here, and I have a pretty good bit of young people. Amen, brother? I'll put you in that category. We got young people in here. Well, I, I'd just like to know what it felt like one time. I'd just like to know what sin feels like. i tell you what sin feels like. It feels like death. It feels like defilement. It feels exactly like this guy felt. He was there. He was degraded, and he was desolate. The Bible said he left him half dead. When the thief comes, friend, the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. Not just put a little bump on your head and put you a little, a little bit of bacteria medicine on it and everything will be all right. No, the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's what should have happened to this guy. And the Bible said they left him. That's what the devil will do. Verse 31. Said him by chance there came down a certain priest that way which saw him and he passed by on the other side. This priest just passed by on the other side. And the reason being probably is Numbers 19.11 said if you touched a dead body then you would not be able to carry out your priestly duties according to the Old Testament. So here this priest, he comes by and he passes by on the other side because he says, man, if this person's dead and I touch them, then I'm going to be defiled for seven days and I'm not going to be able to go in there and do my religious duties. I'm not going to be, I'm going to learn, I'm going to lose my turn down at the temple if I help this fella. I tell you, there's a lot of people like that. They got religion and their name's on a church roll, but they have zero compassion, zero love, zero desire to see people saved. I tell you, I know when I'm, when I'm clicking on all cylinders spiritually, which ain't a whole lot, but I'm going to say this, when, I am, when I'm burdened for sinners, when I'm passing out gospel tracts, when I'm telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ, you say, how many of them do you get saved? Well, I can't get them saved, number one. It takes the Spirit of God to do that. But I'm going to tell you what he will do with me and you. He'll take every one of us in here to go some find somebody that's thirsty and tell them where the water's at. Find somebody that's hungry and tell them where the bread of life is at. There are people out there that are hurting that you and I can make a difference. I know how I am with God in my relationship on how many sinners I'm trying to reach with the gospel. Amen. That's up to that's not just for the preacher. That's not just for the deacon. That's not just for the Sunday school teacher. If you are saved, you have the remedy to sin's problem, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel. But religion just walked right on by, and that's exactly what religion will do. It walked right on by because religion cannot help you. Religion cannot get you out of the ditch. As a matter of fact, religion will put you in a ditch. Religion will put you in a religious ditch because there's a lot of people, they got religion, 
their name's on a roll or they're somewhere and they've got their name somewhere on a cathedral or they've got their name somewhere in some cemetery or they're a trustee of some church and have been for 50 years but they've never been born again. I'm not trying to make nobody doubt, friend, but I'm, I've seen preachers get saved, deacons saved, preachers' wives saved. I've seen a lot of people get saved. I'm not trying, hey, if anything, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, hold fast your profession of faith. You got people tell you to chunk it and get rid of it. The Bible says hold on to it. Amen. If you're saved and, and God's changed your life, praise God, hold on to it. Hold fast and profess your faith. That's not talking about you holding on to be saved. That's talking about you getting a hold of who's got a hold of you that saved you. Amen. But if you've never been changed, it don't matter how much religion you got because religion might put new Sunday clothes on a man, but it won't put a new man in Sunday clothes. It'll take Jesus Christ to do that. It was a desolate path. Then you got this Levite. He's symbolical of the law. And here's what he does. He just walks by and looks at him. He just kind of gazes at him. Maybe says, get up, fella. That's what the law will do. The law, people say, well, I've kept the Ten Commandments. No, you haven't. You say, I've never lied. Well, you've lied right then. I know you've lied. You're married. Amen. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> well, that, that's good, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Boy, that tastes great. You lie like a dog, amen. That stuff's radioactive nearly. You take the lid off and you just lie and say, oh yeah, baby, it's the best thing in the whole wide world. But that's what the law will do. You see people today, they say, well, you know, we're keeping the law. We're keeping the law. We, we go to church here. We, we worship on Saturday. I was like, well, you know, if you'll show me in the Bible where they ever worshiped on the Sabbath, they never worshiped on the Sabbath day. They rested on the Sabbath day. They didn't go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Well, you've got people now, they say, well, we worship God on Saturday. I'm like, well, they didn't do that in the Bible. We worship the Lord on the Lord's day. Amen, everybody all right? You must have a seven-day Adventist that's in your family, all right? Three of our four children got, got delivered by a seven-day uh, disadvantage, all right? So I'm not against them per se, but they need to be saved by the grace of God if they hadn't trusted Jesus. You say, you believe Baptists are the only ones going to heaven? I don't believe half him's going, amen. I, I was a lost Baptist for years. I'm not going to heaven because I'm a Baptist. I'm going to heaven because I met Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. But the law can't help you. Doing better can't help you. The Levite just walked by and said, get up, get up. That's what the law says. It says, do better, do better. The law comes by and says, it's you, it's you, it's you. And the Spirit of God says, he's right. The law is right. It's you. You're guilty. That brings us to a place like, you're right, you're right. And the Holy Ghost says, now look to him. The law says it's you, it's you, it's you. The Spirit of God says look to him, look to him, look to him. You look to Jesus when the law finds you guilty. Thank God you can go into God's courtroom and be found innocent when you trust your advocate, Jesus Christ. Plus nothing, minus nothing. So look at the deliverance. Look at the deliverance. The Bible said in verse 33, but a certain Samaritan. So you have a certain man. Then you have a certain priest. But then you have a certain Samaritan. And the Bible said, as he journeyed. I like that. Because when you're on a journey, that means you, you have a purpose to it. That means you left one place, headed somewhere else. When you're on a journey. See, that's what happened in Jesus' life in John chapter number 4. He must needs go through Samaria. 
Now we understand that the Samaritans here, and the Bible said this about, uh, about the Jews, that they have, they have absolutely no dealings with the Samaritan. But the Bible said here a certain Samaritan went his way. And you know what happened? He's on a journey. I believe he's made, Brother Sanders, this journey before. I believe the Samaritan knew the road and said, you know, it's a dangerous road. It's a rough road. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be watching out because I guarantee you there's somebody out there that's going to be wounded. Well, sure, there he goes. And sure enough, he rounds the curve. And there's a guy that he's laying there in the ditch. And this good Samaritan comes to where he was. And I'm glad, thank God, when he looked at him, he didn't just walk on by. And he didn't say, get up and fix yourself. And he didn't say, get up and say, he, he didn't go up and say, why don't you get up, you sorry thing? You deserve to be here. I can't believe you got yourself in this mess. Know what the good Samaritan did. And obviously, that's a picture of Christ. He went to where he was and picked him up. Thank God I remember the day on October 26, 20th, 1997, when God come to where I was, and he didn't just say, get up. Praise God, he come to where I was, and he put his hands on me, and he wasn't afraid to get himself defiled, amen, and to come where a sinner was and pick him up. Hallelujah. Praise God for that, amen. He came where he was. The songwriter said it right when he said, he came to me. He came to me. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. Let me ask you a question. Who came to you? Who came to you? Somebody came. Somebody came probably knocked on your door. You say, well, I don't believe the way people do visitation. And I say to that, I say, well, I like the way we're doing it better than the way y'all not doing it. I'm not talking about y'all. Is it? I'm talking about... You know, you got people critical. And I'm not talking about one, two, three, repeat after me, four, five, six. I sure hope he sticks. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about, you say, does it work? Oh, yeah, it'll work. It'll work. But it ain't going to work if you're not watching for wounded. Amen. It's not going to work if you just walk right on by. That old guy right there covered with tattoos. That old guy right there with that earring. Hey, if you're going to have a church in 2023, mark it down. You're going to have people with tattoos in it. We got people singing in the choir that's got tattoos, and I hope people don't throw us under the bus on that. Hey, I can't, I can't help that. That's before if you if you did that before you got saved, you can't fix that. I mean, amen. Hey, don't get one after you get saved. Especially if you're a young person, you get mom put on your arm, it'll say moon on it when you get about fifty years old, and it'd be on the back of your shoulder instead of your arm. Amen. You know what that is, friend? You know what they're doing? You know what they're doing? They're wounded. What they're doing is saying, somebody look at me. Somebody help me. Somebody care about me. Somebody love me. Somebody tell me. Somebody, how can I get out of this mess? Thank God you don't have to have Norman Vincent Peale's power of positive thinking. Praise God, you got Jesus Christ. You got the answer. You got salvation. You got it. Thank God, share it with somebody else. Watch out for wounded Watch out for the wounded. I mean, he come to where he was. He wasn't afraid to get defiled. I ain't got time to preach all this, but you read Matthew chapter number 8. The leper came to Jesus. Jesus touched the leper. And instead of Jesus getting what the leper had, the leper got a little bit of what Jesus had. Amen. You know what? He, he wasn't afraid to come down to this earth, save sinners. He wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. He wasn't afraid to come to where you and I were and save us and change our lives. I've been trying to get here tonight to this last 
statement I'm going to make before I give you this illustration. Jesus said, go and do thou likewise. That's what I want to leave you with tonight. My portion of the message tonight, go and do thou likewise. We was coming back. I was, at, I was in a meeting, and I had preached down in South Georgia, and, and I was coming back home, and I was with a preacher friend and I, and, and uh, we were coming back through, and this many pounds ago, <coughs> and uh, he uh, he said, "Hey, you want to you want to stop somewhere and get something to eat?" I said, "Yeah, oh well, yeah, that sounds good." So we we stopped, and uh, he said, "What do you want to eat?" I said, "It doesn't matter to me. You can tell by looking." And he said, "What about Chinese?" I said, "Sounds good to me." People say, "I don't like it because they listen." Fitz Cat, praise God, they know how to cook it. It's all I can tell you, Amen. He said, yeah, let's, let's go, let's go. So we went over there, and about the time, and here's what we do, here's, here's what we do. We see, we see a beggar coming or holding a sign. First thing comes in our mind, something, usually, usually it's something negative. I'm talking about if we're not walking with the Lord, it's negative. We look at him and say, oh, he's a bum, oh, he's a con man, and maybe they are, and maybe he is, but that's not mine in your department to figure out. God didn't put us in here to be mind readers. God put us in here to be people who told folk about Jesus and seed sowers. That's why God put us here. So he's walking across the parking lot and he's coming in and we're in a hurry. You know, Baptist preacher, we're in a hurry. We got things we got to do. Well, you know, we're behind all the time. We got time to eat. We got time to stop. Hey, man, you tell me looking. I got my thing songs. I got too much to gain to lose. We got time to do that. We don't have time to take two minutes. I'm not talking about getting in a theological discourse about theophanies in the Old Testament. I'm talking about just simply telling somebody how they can be saved and know the Lord Jesus Christ. This man, he's walking across the parking lot, Brother Bobby, and, and I mean, he's a beggar, and we, we look at him, you know, and I'm going to do my, my Christian thing, get my gospel track out, and you know, t- just give him the gospel track. Be ye warmed and filled. Here you go, sir. Have a good day. And I gave him that gospel track, and in my heart, and, and I know there's a lot of people. One of the most, one of the scariest statements made today in Christendom is "God told me." That's a scary. God told me. I'm gonna tell you what God told me. God told me this is what God told me. Okay, but the Spirit of God in my heart said. Simply turn around and witness to him. And I turned around and began to talk to him. And I could tell, man, the guy, I said, sir, how long has it been since you've had something to eat? He said, sir, it's been a while. I said, why don't you come on in here and eat with us? Listen, I'm not patting myself on the back. I've walked past thousands of people to my shame. I said, why don't you come in here and eat with us? He said, you you would let somebody like me? I said, sir, we'd love to have you. I tell you what, Brother Sanders, it, it, it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. He came in and sat down with us, and man, you could tell it hadn't had, he hadn't had a meal in quite a while. And he's getting everything gathered, and I mean, you're talking about heat. And he's sitting there, and I said, tell me a little bit about yourself. He said, well, I'm from Tennessee. He said, I've come down here to Macon, and he said, I came down here to try to find work. And he said, every time I show up, and he pointed at the BP, he said, every time I go to that gas station, I'm there early every morning. He said, but somebody beats me that reminded me of the man that couldn't get in the water, that somebody else beat him there. And he said, 
He said, every time I go down there, he said, I'm not afraid to work. I'm not ashamed to do it. He said, but I've been living under the Flint River Bridge down here in downtown Macon. He said, I, I don't have any place to live. I don't have any food or anything like that. I said, sir, I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, I believe God has allowed us to come down here and cross paths with you. And listen, I'm not, a, I'm not a Calvinist or a hyper-Calvinist. I believe God died for everybody. Amen. But I'm going to say this. He did die for everybody. That means everybody can be saved. Everybody may not be saved, but everybody could be saved. Amen. Amen. And so I began. I said, has anybody ever told you about Jesus? He said, I've heard of him. That's all. I mean, you're talking about somebody living in the South. He said, I've heard about him. I said, well, let me share with you about the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, friend, I'm talking about God meeting with individuals at a table. And I'm beginning to witness to him, and he begins to cry, and tears begin to flow down his face. He said, you mean Jesus would save somebody like me? I said, sir, if you'd call on him right now from your heart and mean it, he'd save you sitting right here, and I'm telling you that man right there, praise God, over egg poo young and an egg roller, began to call on God and cried out. I mean, listen, I'm talking about, and them folk in there, they didn't know what in the world was going on. He was like, God, I'm a sinner. God, forgive me. God, I want you to save me. But they run around, they didn't know what in the world was going on. And that old boy got went to calling on God's and I'm telling you brother Sanders I looked at his face and he looked at me and he said he did it I said what happened to you he said I got saved I said sir are you sure you're saved he said yes I'm sure that I'm saved that old boy got saved by the grace of God we went right next door got him some clothes bought him a Bible thank God they had a King James Bible there in the Kmart we got him, a, got him a King James Bible. Put some clothes on his back. You say you're bragging on yourself. No, I'm just saying I'm an old toe-headed country boy from the middle of nowhere. I am nobody. But when you get saved, you become somebody to go tell everybody about somebody that'll save anybody. Amen. Jesus said, go and do thou likewise. Preacher, I'm finished. 